Hello, welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. How's everybody doing? You guys pacing your house yet? Like one of Joe Exotic's tigers? <laughs> nah, man. I'm, we're just chilling in quarantine. Yeah. Just chilling. I, was, I just asked you uh, before the show if you'd uh, watched uh, the update to Tiger King done by Joel McHale. They let him uh, interview a bunch of people from the, the documentary, man. It was really entertaining. You got to love Joel McHale. He was just hitting them with the hard questions like, yeah. uh, what was his name? Who's the douchebag with the affliction shirts? Um, oh, Jeff Lowe? Jeff Lowe, yeah. He interviewed Jeff Lowe, and he's like, I just got to know, how many affliction shirts do you have in your closet? Oh, my God, did he? <laughs> Jeff Lowe Dude. was like, I got like 60, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, oh, yeah, I gotta watch that, dude. I, I'll watch that and then we'll, uh, we'll do a response recording to it. Yeah, Patreon. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't heard it yet, we we did a two hour episode on the Tiger King, uh, oh, so a couple fun. weeks ago. Right when it, right when the docu series came out, pretty much we did that. So if, yeah. if you're into it, go check that out. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun time, and uh, yeah, the update. You got to definitely check out the update. A lot of, they did. Uh, he interviewed several people from that and. Not much was said uh, to defend Joe Exotic. Pretty much all of them were saying they're glad he's behind bars. Well, yeah, now. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It means people they, work there after getting maimed. You know what I'm saying? You, like, I don't, Well, I don't know. you, you got to watch it. There's some things that were said that made Joe look very bad in regards oh, yeah, to I know. animal he's, cruelty and such. Oh, well, he, fucking human cruelty. Yeah, I mean, he held people not against their will, but I mean, he basically made people rely on him to a point where they couldn't do anything else. Right. Yeah. So I mean, used their addictions against them. It's funny he he not only kept tigers in cages. Hmm. Oh, for sure. Wow. Yeah, there was a part <laughs> where uh, someone told a story about him and a horse, and my wife was there, and my wife loves horses, as you know, and uh, she she kind of liked Joe a little bit before that, and now so she's like, "Fuck Joe." <laughs> Yeah, don't fuck with horses, bro. Right, or yeah. just yeah, animals in general. Yeah, yeah, or but, animals. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so uh, yeah, uh, still working. How you liking it? It's it's it. I was I was telling you before the show. It's it's the mo- most frustrating part is where I live. Is is kind of like an escape for people who live in yeah. Vegas. It's it's one of those mountain places you can go up, and it's it's kind of like a recreational type of area, actually. Right. And a small town, and it's uh, a nice change of pace. So, yeah. So everyone's up here camping and and riding around and everything. And I and I get home from work after a long day, and I'm just like, get out of here. I'm like, I feel like that guy. Quit like, enjoying my yard, motherfuckers. Well, yeah. Like I'm gonna come out with a stick. Like get get <laughs> get get. That's a closed community. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I feel your pain there, dude. Everyone's yeah. enjoying your home while you're at work, and there's like, yep. you know, you and ten other people at work. Feels like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that sucks, dude. Hey, maybe I'll call you and cheer you up. You know, yeah, you need to. We need to do another one of those spontaneous recordings that we posted up on Patreon. Michael called me, and we just had a. He recorded my phone, oh. uh, me through the phone, and we. Yeah. Uh, had a pretty funny conversation people enjoyed. Yeah, I I'm quizzed driving him around getting road rage. <laughs> yeah, and then I quizzed him on some uh, Elizabethan era slang, criminal slang right. rather. Right. So, yeah, that was some uh that was some fun conversation. Yeah, speaking of conversation, we need to get into the show before we get one started on talking too much That's before right. the episodes again. That's right. We haven't we learned by now? I mean, I know, right? people don't like to hear us talk before the episode. Let's just get right yeah. into it. Let's just jump right into it. Let's do it. We got one for the Kansas people. We know y'all love us, and mm-hmm. this one's for you over in Olathe. Even we though got the a killer's killer from there. We got a killer from Olathe. 
Yeah. I guess so. that's a shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's do it. See you guys. I mean, not see you, but you know. See you on the other side of this intro. Yeah. <clears throat> How high am I? <laughs> the target label is your best buy target. Edwin Hall seen leaving a Target store on Saturday with first-degree murder and aggravated kidnapping in the death of 18-year-old Kelsey Smith. Target is a fun place to shop. He found her shopping at an Overland Park Target store. There is no evidence Hall and Smith knew each other. They offered no motive for this deadly attack. Very happy that we do have the uh, Target uh, cameras. A lot of these stores have good cameras, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. The target label is your best buy. I miss my cows. I miss her laughter, her smile, her loudness. I miss my baby girl. case this week comes out of Kansas. I uh, stumbled across this case while perusing YouTube for true crime stuff, as you do. You know, I'm sure all of you guys can relate out there and gals. Fall into the vortex. Right. Come out on the other side with a few good ideas. Sometimes you don't even go into YouTube thinking that, but then it just recommends all this evil stuff and you're like, hmm. Hmm, Why not? Thank you. I do want to see this. I I mean, I do and I don't. You can't look away. It's like a train wreck. Just keep going. So I came across Investigation Discovery ID channel, uh, YouTube page, and they have a series of videos based on hometown stuff. It's called Hometown Homicide Local Mysteries. and Hmm. uh, Investigation Discovery. Never heard of it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's addicting, as we all know. Yeah. If you're you're into true crime. Their, Their content is great. Even their reenactments, I can't really complain. Right. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, I, I came across one that I found interesting for several reasons. First of all, it's in Kansas. It's a neat little package mm-hmm. of a story, all wrapped into one. And something good came out of it in the end, as far as a new law that was uh, enacted. That's now in most states. More than half the states are using this law in regards to um, cell phone records and whatnot to help um, people that were recently abducted or taken to try and track them down. It, basically right. pushes the cell phone companies to be quicker in giving giving over records. But we'll get into all that. Right. Um, but, yeah, very fascinating case. What do you think about it? It's also got some uh, surveillance footage, which is always good to explain over the radio for whatever reason or over a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, people like to really dissect it, right, yeah. and just tell people what they're looking at. Yeah, very creepy uh, footage from Target, Target, one of my favorite stores. Dude, all, all we talked about this, dude. All surveillance footage is creepy. Right. It's the angle, it's the unsuspecting, it's the candid person, you know, because people do creepy shit when they think nobody's watching. Yeah. Even, especially when they're in the process of doing real creepy shit. Yeah, and in this you one I mean? in particular, the the investigator in Kansas uh, that worked this case described it perfectly in that the killer in this 
was basically stalking his prey through Target, and and she was completely unsuspecting. She had no idea he was there, um, and that that to me was also what captured me about this was it was just so eerie watching him following her around the store from a, like a distance, you know, to where she didn't know. And next thing you know, she this she's is, gone. This is this is one of the most primal killings, right? I think we've done seriously. It it really is. I mean, or some people might call it ritualistic or whatever, but it's it's very barbaric. Yeah, in the way that it was done in the the opportunistic nature of it. Yeah. It it wasn't it's, really planned. It was just like, oh, pray, someone weak. I can take As them. a parent, right? It's a, this is one of the scarier ones because it's just it, 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 it really is a is. hometown thing and it was just so random and yeah, there's just so many things about it just make you feel like this is the kind of thing that could this is what you worry about when your daughter leaves the house or whatever is like this type of But at the same time, this is what you I mean, aside from just being alert and aware of your surroundings, you really can't prepare for this. No. Especially not as a parent. Right. I mean, you're I mean, you can you can stress to your children and you can scare the shit out of them, but people get distracted. Yep. That's just the reality of it. Yep. People get unfocused, their heads are somewhere else, life is stressful mm-hmm. and your guard's going to come down at some point in time. Exactly. All right, this story, let's dive into it. It uh, originated in Overland Park, Kansas, which is uh, Kansas' second largest city, about 10 minutes from Kansas City. It's like people give a lot of shit to uh, certain people who said that Kansas City was in Kansas, but really it's right there on the border. It's a, yeah. I know it's something the president should probably know. <laughs> I'm not going to defend Donald <laughs> Trump, but at the same time, like I, you can kind of understand how it happened. It's right there on the border of Missouri yeah. and Kansas City. I always thought, Kansas, I I mean. thought that the city was kind of split. Is it? Is yeah, it, not it split? seems like it, right? It seems like parts of Kansas City are in Kansas, yeah, right? Kansas Let City. us know, people. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know for sure. But I'm pretty sure when I look at a map, the last time I looked yeah, at the map, like split, I remember right? thinking that part of it is in Kansas. Like, if you're in western Kansas City, you're actually in Kansas, it looks like. Yeah. And then if you're in eastern, then you're not in Kansas anymore. Right. And <laughs> you're miserable. <laughs> you're miserable. <laughs> yeah, so this ta- this story takes takes place in Overland Park in 2007. Um, that's another thing that, that kind of struck a chord with me, too, is that she, was, she would have been right about my age and your age as well, yeah. actually. She graduated right around the same time as us. She graduated... A uh, year after me, so yep. I'm just like a year older than she would have been. Yep. Um, she had just graduated in 2007. Her name's Kelsey Smith. Um, she was 18 years old. Uh, she graduated from Shawnee Mission West High School in Overland Park, Kansas. Very looks like a beautiful town, really. Did you like a lot of footage from this in the? Uh, yes, ID it really did. I mean, it's about 200,000 people, I believe, which is a which mm-hmm. is a big town. I mean, it's still that's a that's a city, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and it's also really close to Kansas City too. So right, right, ten minutes from Kansas City, I think it is. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a booming town, but it's also to me it seemed like it had a small town feel though, or maybe the town was kind of For divided sure. up into sanctions. You know what I'm saying? Like different mm-hmm. areas kind of had their own their own neighborhoods, but it felt small town. It felt like people knew people and people trusted each other for the most part. Right. I mean, and this. Yeah, that's what was another part about this that was just so shocking. It was just like this stuff that doesn't happen here. You know, like the local reporter was talking about it. Yeah. But I feel like every small town thinks that, man. Especially something yeah. so primal as this, a killing as this. Yeah, every small town has that one murder, you know? Yeah. Where it's like everybody talks about it forever. Yep. Like, how did this happen? Yep. But there's, there's bad seeds everywhere. You know, that's the scary part about life. Yes, there are. So she was set, she had just graduated from Shawnee Mission West High School, and she was set to start college at K-State, 
where she was going to play clarinet in the marching band. Kind of cool. Makes her even more likable, you know? She's like a band, a band chick. Yeah, dude, band people are always nice. Right? I feel like they always were. All my, all my no friends were in the band. band. Band wasn't for me because they didn't have guitar. So I was like, guys, if you want to get girls, like, guitar. Not, what are you doing with this fucking tuba, bro? Ditch this thing. Get some strings. No, right. I mean, you know, different priorities then. But I, the band kids were always cool, though, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to look sexy with a big tuba yeah, blocking the view. It's, you know? it's just one of those things, man. It's t- <laughs> yeah, the, the tuba guy usually doesn't get laid. <laughs> I mean, it's a sad part of life. Maybe not first, you know. I would right. say in the marching band, you got the you got the drum line. Those dudes are pretty cool. Maybe trumpet players yeah. are next. Oh no, saxophone, bro, saxophones. If you got oh, a sweet, sweet saxophone, yeah. man. If you can, if you can play that, dude. If you got to play a horn, the panties are dropping. Exactly. If you got to play a horn, you might as well get the sax. <laughs> Come on, bro. <sighs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, she she was set to go to K State and play clarinet in the marching band. And on Saturday, June second, two thousand seven, she left her house to go to Target, where she planned to buy her boyfriend a gift for their six month anniversary. Not a thing, though. I remember those days. You remember that the six month, like when every like month was like a big thing when you first get with somebody Dude, no let me tell like you my something. wife and i like <laughs> three months we had an anniversary six months and then now it's like we forget when a year anniversary comes up our marriage anniversary all that stuff just kind of goes by valentine's day it's not a big deal thankfully because yeah, you're just living that's life just man. a money grab you're just living life together yeah you know, relationship is enough work. work like a relationship that works and a relationship that you're happy in takes so much right. work every day so it's just yeah you know, that you have but to back in 07, this easily could have been my wife. I, she could have been, I mean, that was like right around the time we got together and we right. were doing the whole six-month anniversary stuff. I remember I got her like a piece of jewelry or something for six months. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's where Kelsey was. She was at a Target uh, buying, finding something for her boyfriend. They were going to be meeting at her house uh, at 7.30. She was at the Target at about 7 p.m. Uh, wandering around. She was seen on, caught on surveillance, wandering around the store. And um, later, we'll talk more about the surveillance footage um, because she was basically being stalked walking through this target by her eventual killer. Dude. Um, while she, while she, what, what's up? I'm sorry. I, I, I just realized that this happened on Saturday, June 2nd, 2007, right? Yeah. That is the day that I got married. No way. I was getting married on this day. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's creepy. That is eerie. Yeah. I was getting married. Holy shit. That's crazy. All that talk about anniversaries, and this is the, your wedding anniversary. I mean, it's the day I got married. Exactly. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Wow, I just realized that. That's wow. Wow. What? What about what time did you get married? That'd be eerie if literally this crime was occurring as you were. Yeah, let's try to line this up with one of the best days of my life. Let's see. Um, <laughs> well, we've covered killers who have been it was, <laughs> born on the same birthday as us and That's all that true. stuff, yeah. our kids. So yeah, I don't care about my birthday. Um, yeah. I would say in the morning. I'd say probably okay, so like... This happened in the evening, so... Yeah, probably 11, 12, I would say. Yeah. It actually rained a little bit that day, but it like as soon as we came out of the church, it was like... It, I remember it stopped raining, and it was just like sunny and humid. <laughs> wow. Wow, this was going on. No, that, that's definitely that, what are the fucking odds we pick a case and it, it occurred on the day you were being married? That, that, I know that's creepy. Until I saw it written out, it just it just didn't click in my head. Yeah. Eerie. So this was their six month anniversary of dating, mm-hmm. and uh, she's walking around this Target. She's on the phone with her mom, 
um, pretty much the whole time. And uh, after finding what she wanted, she ended the conversation with her mom as she approached the checkout stand. Her boyfriend, as we mentioned, was going to be meeting her at the house about half an hour after this. However, she never made it. At 7.30 p.m., Kelsey's boyfriend started calling her from her house. Um, However, she wasn't answering, which was not like her. It wasn't like her to not answer calls. And the house was only eight minutes from the target where she'd last been seen. So by 8 p.m., he was concerned enough that he actually decided to call her father, who was, in fact, a police officer at the time. So that gets things moving. Yeah, that got some stuff moving because he uh, was interviewed in this this uh, little uh, video that we watched on uh, Discovery ID, mm-hmm. and he was talking about they had this rule, you know, in town, especially in law enforcement, and their kids like always know where your kids are, which is a rule everybody should have as parents: always know where the kids yeah, are. Yeah, that's just good parenting. Yeah, for sure. And so when she's not answering the phone and he doesn't know where she is, he freaks out and he actually starts calling different agencies and hospitals. Um, getting the wheels in motion. Uh, and you imagine the wheels are extra at work for a police officer's daughter who's missing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and approximately four hours later, her car, a 1990, 1990s era Buick Regal, would be found abandoned outside of the Macy's in the parking lot of the Oak Park Mall across the street. So the area where this target was was a large shopping area. There's a mall right across the street from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, it was a Macy's. I believe it's like a I, I was looking at Google Street View, and it's not a Macy's, and it's a Dillard's or something like that. Oh, okay. But same so same type really of matter. store. Yeah. A, de- well, it a could large have department a store. Those, yeah. those stores change names so often. Yeah, and that's not where she had parked initially. So someone had parked her car there, seemingly, um, whoever had committed this crime. She was nowhere to be seen, and, and the signs were, were not good. They were They were ominous. The fact that her purse, wallet, and all of her items that she had brought with her were still in the car. Never a good sign. Yeah, that narrows it down right there. You know, not a yeah. robbery. This person had malintent. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right away the police knew that they had this This car was part of a crime scene. They p- taped off the area and began a thorough inspection of the vehicle, including dusting for prints and collecting anything that uh, might have had DNA on it. Uh, they then uh, turned to target surveillance footage. They initially called Verizon, uh, Verizon Wireless, and they started trying to uh, acquire the... Basically the uh, basically the cell phone uh, records from, that are pinging off the towers, right? Exactly. They were trying to get the basically the information on where her cell phone was last pinged off of which tower, so they could narrow down where she might be if she was being held captive somewhere. Right. Uh, they thought maybe Verizon's cell phone records could could narrow down, you know, the area where she is at this moment. But at However, that time, that was not. <laughs> The law. They yeah, didn't have to provide that information, right? Exactly. The way the law was written is like they may provide it, but they don't have to re- provide it for law enforcement. So that, that's p- part of why this case is so important is that that, that helped to change that. And on the other hand, um, you can kind of understand the phone company at the same time. Like this is worst case scenario. But mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want any, like, for instance, you don't want your brother-in-law who's a cop to be able to call Verizon and be like, oh, I need I need so-and-so's yeah. information. I want to know where they are. You know what I mean? It's none of his damn business. Yeah, maybe he's like uh, like the drunken sheriff. Uh, right. It's uh, got got his ex-wife that he used to beat on, and she's seeing somebody else, and he wants to track her down. Exactly. Exactly. You don't yeah, feel you like that your your position, your GPS position, should should ever be tracked without your permission. I mean, I know it is, but I'm just saying right. it shouldn't be that easy to obtain that information, in my opinion. Even though this was this case went terribly, and if this information was able to be obtained, it could have went a lot differently, or at least obtained quicker. It could have went a lot differently. Yeah, you'd I like to think that, they wouldn't have had a chance to catch him in the act. Um, 
where she ended up being found. There's a good, you know, and maybe and maybe maybe stop him before he was able to kill her. There's a good chance, in my opinion. I mean, there's. You think so? I don't know because the technique. I mean, we'll get into the the more of the finer parts of that how that works. But the technician basically had to go out to the tower, and that's how he was able to get the triangle zone where uh, he he told the police to search. Right. Um, so I, I don't think it could have ha- the wheels couldn't have gotten in motion quick enough to get the technician out to the tower to give you a, a you know a more finer point on where this where to search. So I don't know if that well, could I have mean, been done before it, just, it was too late. It just depends. I mean, if it could have been, yeah, I know that's a long process, but if the whole process starts an hour, two hours sooner, yeah, I mean, how detrimental could that have been? Right. Well, that that was a point of contention in this story. It was a, a big controversy. You know, why wasn't why weren't they providing these records quicker? They could have maybe saved her. Yeah. And luckily, things have changed since then to help you know pre- prevent things like this from happening or to to help uh, capture someone before they are killed. Right. So uh, what the what the police then uh, did was turn to target target uh, pl- surveillance footage. Which is all they had to go on at that point. Which was very good, though, in my opinion. Oh, dude, Great. yeah, Target is they're they're state of the art when it comes to uh, their their security. They actually have their own forensic services division, which I didn't know. I did see Whoa. something. I was watching some police show, and they uh, they they caught someone who was uh, shoplifting from Target, and they, the person was brought back, and they have like this security layer back in inside Target that no one know, like apparently. You know, we're just wandering around Target and we have no idea this is back there, but they have like this lockdown room with a safe and like bulletproof glass, all this crazy shit back there, at oh, least at nice. the the Target I was watching. Dude, anyways. I think all big chain stores have those though. Like Walmart's have yeah. them too. And then, you know, they also have those secret shoppers and shit that are walking around. Yeah. And those- yeah, there's a lot more infrastructure in place than you realize. Oh, a yeah. lot more st- stuff hidden back there. For sure. Yeah. So the police uh, went to Target and, and, uh, the, the target stores use a large array of video cameras. These can often be enhanced internally through their forensic services division. The surveillance footage showed Smith parking her car, entering the store, calling her mother, and selecting the items that were found in the car. So you see her wandering around the store. Mm-hmm. And at first it seems, you know, seems benign, like, you know, she's just wandering around shopping. But then you look closer and you see that she's, in fact, seemingly being stalked by by some uh, man. Right. Uh, the video... The video footage revealed that a male who was white in his early 20s wearing a, a white shirt and dark shorts had entered the store approximately 30 seconds after Smith had entered. The man seemed to be in every aisle that Smith had visited and appeared in almost every part of the footage showing her, but at a discreet distance. And she never really noticed him. She was busy trying to pick you know, a gift for her boyfriend. Right. But, um, too, she was kind of on a time crunch, too. You yeah. Know, she was kind of in a hurry. She wasn't really... Use the word wandering around, and I know what you meant. Like on the cameras, it looks like mm-hmm. she's just wandering around, but she, I think she was actually pretty narrow focused on where she, she was going. She probably knew what, what she wanted. She, she just do. didn't know exactly what aisle it was on. Exactly. She had to go find it. Exactly. But that, that's she the vibe seemed, I got. Because she seemed like, you know, she's walking around, her head's kind of like. You would hope. On you a would swivel, hope she knew, but, right? Because she, she was meeting her boyfriend for their anniversary dinner or whatever in 30 minutes. Like you would hope she already knew what she was oh, getting yeah. him. She otherwise, it's a, a pretty last minute gift. <laughs> yeah, she already had a See, plan. She was going to plan on wrapping it on the way over or what? Right, exactly. <laughs> She's just going to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. Right. Um, so the video footage showed despite frequently looking at Smith or in her direction, the man made no effort to talk to her or to approach her in the store, but just left. As she went, so he took off before she left. She went to the cashier to pay for her items, and he left. Was seen leaving the store at that point. Yeah. Um, 
which makes sense if you're trying to abduct somebody. You want to be be in the parking lot waiting for them um, instead of following them out the store. You know, then you're going to be seen on the cameras actually doing the abduction. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the footage captured a clear p- picture of the man walking out of the store as she was at the checkout counter. In the parking lot, surveillance footage uh, appeared to show someone forcing Smith into a car. And you couldn't see it at first because it happened so fast, but... Um, the video f- did not show anything unusual, but when it was slowed down, it revealed a flash in the direction of Smith and her car, consistent with someone running when the camera was placed at a distance. So he had gone to his truck, gotten his uh, his handgun, and as she went to her car, he had forced her into her car. Um, the outside footage showed a suspicious 1970s-era Chevy truck leaving the lot, which was also found to have uh, entered the lot just before Smith had. Now, did he drive um, away, or did he force her to drive away? I would think that he had driven. I wouldn't. I don't know. That's that's something we may never know. Okay, I didn't know who if he was found driving that either. I couldn't really tell. I didn't know if he if no. he drove the car across the street to the Macy's or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. the The Macy's surveillance footage showed that Smith's car had been left there at nine seventeen p.m. about two hours after it had it had departed the Target lot. So. He forced her into her car. One of them drove. It easily could have been her. You know, he could have just kept her at gunpoint and told her where to drive. You know, that's been done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then so the car would be dumped back off a little over two hours later. Um, a figure in a white shirt and dark pants was seen leaving the vehicle and running toward the street. So he parked it across the street in that Macy's parking lot, not far from the Target. That kind of, I wonder why he did that as well. You know, like, I like maybe... Well, when was the truck? That's the one. I, that's what's not clear to me. When was the truck driven away? Was it after the car had been dropped off? I guess so. I guess maybe because then he that makes sense. If you would back. take her car back to the area, then get in your truck and leave, right? Yeah, his truck should still be at Target. Yeah, yeah. So his truck, the footage of his truck driving away, must have been on Target's footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the figure in the white shirt and dark pants was seen leaving the vehicle and running towards the street, though it was too dark at that time to determine if the figure was that of a male or female. The person's clothing seemed to match that of the suspect at the target earlier in the footage following around, uh, following her around. While the video of the man was released to the media, it generated hundreds of tips, but the leads were too general to be useful initially. Um, so they dove deeper into the forensics of the car. When the car was checked for evidence, fingerprints, experts isolated all over of those who had legitimate reasons to be in the car, such as Kelsey's family, friends, and boyfriend. As a result, they found unidentified prints on the seatbelt. He no, put they, a seatbelt on? Them. What a douche. I found it very odd that you could get fingerprints off of a seatbelt. You know what I mean? Like, that's just something... You, Why? I could see how you could make that mistake as a criminal. How could you... Just the material of it just seems like, how can you lift prints from that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I got you. But it was an older car. And you know those those seatbelts like they get smoother and smoother over time. They really yeah, do. Yeah, they, they get like a film. Yeah, they get like a waxy film on they them. They do. They wear out. And That's this was a 90, was. early '90s car, 2007. Mm-hmm. So this car was approaching 20 years old. Yeah, she had a very modest vehicle. Her parents must have kept her, you know, kept her uh, ego at bay, like we like we did. <laughs> that, I had a. Is that how you do it? We've talked about it before. I had an. A, I think it was a 1987 Mitsubishi Mighty Max was my first vehicle nice. with Bondo spots. It leaned to one side. Yeah. Hell yeah. So she's driving a 90s car in 2007, you know, humble humble beginnings there. Yeah, I was driving uh, actually a 1989 Isuzu Trooper in 2007, so I feel her pain. Oh, the old Trooper. Did it at least have a sunroof? Uh, It did not. 
No. Oh man, you got screwed. No, it was the it was the old boxy ones, man. Had like the little tip meter in it. Tells you if you're tipping over too far because they're so damn top heavy. <laughs> you're like you're riding what? you're riding down like the interstate on a windy day. It just feels like you're driving a billboard. It sucks. You can only do like. They would 60. tell you if you're about to flip. Yeah, like, there's down. like a little. Uh, I don't. What's the word? I feel so stupid not knowing the exact thing, but it's like a tiltometer pretty much. <laughs> and it tells you like, I'm serious. That people are going to ride in. They're going to be like, dude, those things are right. dope. But right. yeah. Um, but no, mine was broken. So the grass was, the glass was actually cracked on it and it was stuck. So it wasn't oh, man, no good. You didn't even know if you were about to flip or not. Oh, that you sucks. know. You, you know. You survived somehow <laughs> without the tiltometer working. That's amazing. Yeah. We're all lucky to have Michael here without the tiltometer. Hey, you know, I'm blessed. What can I say? Right. <laughs> that's something you'd tell your kids someday back in my day my car was so shitty i had a tilt-o-meter <laughs> tell me we're gonna you even know about that we didn't have this fancy independent suspension <laughs> no <laughs> it totally did right. probably <laughs> yeah so they t- yeah that still amazes me that they got uh they were able to lift prints off of the seatbelt. yeah it didn't match anyone that should have been in her car you know yeah that is and that's impressive. what definitely ended up being kind of a smoking gun in this case was those prints off the seatbelt. oh yeah um Hard to despite efforts, those. yeah, despite efforts by local law enforcement and eventually the FBI, it took Verizon Wireless four days to hand over the cell phone records to investigators, which caused much controversy over the delay, which we've discussed briefly. Um, those records had had they been provided right away, had they been able to provide those right away, had they been able to pinpoint the location where her cell phone was last used right away, which included a technician going out to the tower. Right. And I don't know what he had to do, but, you know, so I don't know how quickly it could have possibly been done. But um, finally, after uh, four days, unfortunately, uh, a technician was able to pinpoint a cell phone tower and told investigators to search a 1.1 mile north of the tower. Uh, and that's where uh, this technician said, you know, that's the around that area, 1.1 miles north of this tower is where you need to search. That's where the cell phone was last used. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they stood, they began their search on June 6th, four days after the uh, after Kelsey went missing. At approximately 12.45, they searched the area where the technician told them to search and scoured the area. Uh, and it only took them 45 minutes after they began their search of this area to discover that they, Kelsey was, in fact, um, deceased. And they found her body in a wooded area near Longview Lake in Grandview, Missouri, about 18 to 20 miles from where she had been abducted. So the cause of death was determined to be strangulation. She had been choked with her own belt, and the autopsy also showed that she had been sexually assaulted. So it was your uh, sexual sadist type of uh, murder, right? Or yeah, so this is a t- the type of person that you're glad got caught quickly because this easily could have been a serial killer. It, just the way that this whole thing went down, I don't think that this person was going to stop. I don't either. This, this may have been his first. Hopefully, it was his first, and luckily, it was his last because he would have kept going. Just this, just you know how all the serial killers this. they catch a break. I'm so glad this dude did not. Right, you know what I mean. It seems like they all catch that break early on. They could have stopped it. Well, mm-hmm. in 2007, bitch, we stopped that shit. That's why you're right. hearing much about serial killers anymore. Oh. It's like people. Yeah, if this guy was around in the 70s, this would not have been his first, oh or, or I mean, this would not have been his last. No, for sure. No. No, absolutely not. Because without the cell phone tower, you have no idea where mm-hmm. to even begin to look for a body. And if you have no body, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard, yeah. to, yeah. hard to pin It's it. hard to convict anybody. That's right. Even if you know they did it. Yep, that's right. Um, police noted also from the crime scene that there were sticks placed on top of Kelsey's body, allegedly in the shape of a pentagram. So they thought that there was 
maybe some uh, sort of sacrificial overtones to this. Um, this dude seemed like a Ramirez wannabe, man. Didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he for, really sure, did. for sure. He was like a Richard Ramirez wannabe. It's just yeah, uh, so, so unoriginal and just, just a piece of shit. Yeah, and luckily he would be captured so quickly. The, the same day that they found Kelsey's body on June 6, 2007, a man who had seen the footage recognized the subject as his neighbor and called in a tip. So the, the, they plastered the, the very clean images in Target of him walking around following her. The, the best image was him walking out, and you can see his build, his much of what his face looks like, what he wears, which he he dressed kind of raggedy so i'm I just his whole vibe mm-hmm. i'm sure the neighbor recognized right away and then also the truck what was kind yeah. of interesting that was brought up in the the id special on this was that he had been at work when they plastered all these images oh, yeah, and actually one of his coworker <laughs> yeah one of his coworkers later told how they were at, in the break room when this came on classic story right the break room right. footage <laughs> And the buddy was like, or the, one of his coworkers was like, isn't that your truck? Because they showed the truck leaving the parking lot. And it was a very recognizable. It was a classic Chevy, you know, that was just kind of hard to, to not recognize. Right. And his and truck was parked got, outside the window from where they were looking. Right. <laughs> so they're looking like, out the window at the truck. They're <laughs> looking at the screen of the, the images of the truck. And they're like, yeah, that looks a lot like the truck, right. bro. I could just see his coworker and, sitting there with a sandwich in his hand. Hey, uh, right. ain't that your truck? I always... Uh, I always knew he. I always knew Edwin was a fucking serial killer. I knew it. I told you. I hey, Roy, you owe me twenty Some weird about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> some weird about that guy. Right. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So they, they. He actually them bringing that up and talking about it made him so nervous that he uh, acted ill and told his boss that he had to leave early. Um, Dude, if that's not a had, dead giveaway. Uh, Right, seriously. Dude, well, that's not my truck. What are you talking uh, about, bro? I, oh, I'm I not feeling go. so good. I, I, I gotta gotta oh, go. Yeah. It's like from a bad fucking 90s movie where somebody's like acting and somehow all the characters believe him and they're just like, wow, they're being so weird. I don't know what's going right. on. <laughs> For real. Yeah, this guy was doomed from the start. You don't you don't stalk someone at Target and then kill them and get away with it. There's just too many cameras. I know. This dude ever um, seen the news or anything? For real. Jeez. He just thought he was so slick. Maybe he was just one of those narcissist serial killer, uh, soon-to-be serial killers that just thought that you know he was too smart for everyone to catch him. You know, I think it's either I, I've come to two conclusions. It's either that, or it's the fact that maybe this was a ritual killing, and he believed in it that much that he really didn't give mm-hmm. a shit. Because whatever power or blessing or protection or whatever the hell he thought he was going to get, mm-hmm. he. Thought it was worth was it. Was going to get him out of the trouble. Yeah, he thought afterwards. Exactly, he thought it was going to be worth it because he mm-hmm. did everything, you know, to this to this certain fo- formula or whatever. I don't know, yeah. but it has to be one of those two because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It's too. So, it was, so around the time that they were finding Kelsey's body in the woods on June six, two thousand seven, a, a man had called and said that he was the, he believed that his neighbor was the man that was seen on the target cameras and whatnot. His neighbor would was a man by the name of Edwin Roy Jack Hall of Olathe, Kansas. Olathe. He was 26 years old and the neighbor of this man. And so the uh, police responded quickly after realizing, looking him up, seeing that he owned a truck that was similar to the, the images and whatnot. And this is they believe this is their guy. They went and uh, picked him up at his home. He was uh, supposedly getting ready for a vacation. He was packing up his belongings oh, after his, his coworkers had scared the shit out of right. him. I'm sure he ran home and it's like, we got to get out of town. Man, and I wonder how long they had that vacation planned. Just out of curiosity. Right. <laughs> Where are you for guys real. going? Uh, how long have you been planning this? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and, and if you already don't think he's enough of a piece of shit, he actually had a wife and son as well that he was planning on leaving town with. Mm. And so, you know, the family life wasn't enough for him. He still had these demons that he had to go out and exercise. And apparently he had been uh, wandering around that whole shopping area, the mall and, and the Target and everything, walking up randomly to women that day and, and saying weird pickup lines to them and whatnot and getting shot down. And eventually he found one that fit what he wanted, I suppose, in Kelsey and right. and acted on it. Um, he would be charged on June 7th with premeditated first-degree murder and aggravated kidnapping. He had no adult criminal record but had a juvenile record of assault. He had a checkered past. Yeah, he um, tried he to adopted. cut his sister with a knife when he was 16. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Know. It's he, hard to he, tell he, with things like that, man, because with siblings, sometimes sibling shit gets real, and it's like... Oh my God. Some of the stuff I witnessed from some, I, I was an only child, but I had, uh, some of my best friends were brother, you know, had brothers and damn, some of the stuff I witnessed. Yeah. Like I witnessed, uh, my best friend, his older brother, pick him up upside down, like held him upside down and pile drived him onto his head. Like oh, had to have for sure, like compacted his discs in his neck and everything. It was like full on, like almost witnessed a murder on that one, like dropped him on his head with all of his weight. Dude, siblings that was are insane. Ruthless, man. And, and then another time, uh, I was, I was buddies with these uh, these two kids, and they were brothers. And they would, I mean, I've seen them hit each other with hockey sticks. Ch- the one, the younger brother, chased his older brother around the house with a knife and like stabbed it through the door as his brother clo- slammed the door on him. See what I'm saying, dude? That could have easily stuff, been man. the same thing. And those guys, uh, as far as I know, aren't serial. That killers. would be on your record, They're right? Not killers now, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what he did. He just, yep. you know, did it in a different time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, he had been adopted. Hall had been adopted at the age of seven and had been returned to state custody at age 15 after the incident you talked about where he threatened his fam- the family's daughter that abducted him mm-hmm. or <laughs> that had uh, adopted him. Yeah. Um, he threatened her with a knife, so he was put back into state custody. He also assaulted <laughs> like, another it's okay. boy. We don't want him anymore. <laughs> yeah. That was a, I mean, he lasted eight years. Uh, Eight years before threatening man. somebody with a knife. That's a pretty man, good run. They adopted a boy at age seven. Man, they're they're the real heroes. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. All of you out there that take in, that adopt young children and give them good lives. Seriously, now, that's, that's definitely not uh, spoken about enough. It's really not. That's no. a tough thing to do, man. Anything, any kids that aren't babies, infants, or mm-hmm. you know, toddlers, when they start yeah. getting that old, who knows age, what kind of trauma they've suffered yeah, in their past? You know, for real. Um. He also had assaulted another boy by striking him in the head with a baseball bat. So a very violent young man early on. Um, and, on and it continued. Uh, he was still uh, displaying some disturbing behavior on his MySpace page. Did you, oh. did you have a MySpace back in the day? Oh, of course. Right. It, well, you know what? MySpace had some cool shit about it. Like you really could customize your own page the and all song, that stuff. The song, man. The song. Yeah, have a song play even as though soon everybody, as you go to the page. Every, even though everybody muted it, but you still right. got your song. <laughs> yeah well on his myspace page which he customized he described his interests his interests as eating small children and torturing animals jesus christ yeah man i mean I, the internet I knew people just... who would say stuff like that just to be funny or whatever but with his past and what he ends up doing later you know well look at that dude that uh that did that shit on the uh don't fuck with cats documentary oh yeah people fucking chased yep. his ass down Made his mm-hmm. life hell, and he was just fucking around. That shit ain't funny, man. Well, also, he had actually posted videos of actually doing the 
the things he was talking about. So yeah, I mean they weren't him in the videos, but he posted them, right? True. Yeah, he posted them. Yeah. Yeah. But this guy wouldn't be oh. above that in this day and age. Like, this is the type of person who probably would do that. Mm. He, w- oh, he would sure. share the video. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. So at the time of Edwin Hall's arrest, he was married, as we mentioned, and the father of a four-year-old son. In his basement, they found something that would help to tie together with the, the, the sticks on Kelsey's body in the shape of a pentagram. They found an eerie Celtic shrine in his basement that led them to believe that uh, the killing may have had some sort of a sacrificial element to it. Um, this uh, led investigators to speculate more on that, that he had been performing some sort of a sacrifice with, uh, during the murder of Kelsey. I'm not, sure so, I'm not so sure I buy it. I buy that. I think this was a sexual crime that he, he had, many, like many of the serial killers we've covered, you know, and then also he just wanted that, he had that stupid, bad boy image thing where he wanted to be scared people to be afraid of him you know what i mean right and i think also what we're seeing here is a escalating case of violence or of you mm-hmm. know escalating cases of violence throughout his life if we know about this knife thing and this baseball bat thing there's probably countless other things that he did that oh, we don't sure. know about you know what i mean i think he was like you said I, I don't think any of the religious shit i think that's all for the news i think that's all bullshit I think this dude was just getting further and further, and he was like, I wonder what it would be like to kill somebody. I, I yep. think he escalated to that point. I think that's what we And there was no with. turning back after he did it. We're just, like we said, so happy that he got caught. Yeah. Basically, the, the three days later after committing the crime, four days. Yeah. Um, so Hall would end up admitting to being at Target but claimed he had never approached Smith. However, he was caught, caught in a lie when his fingerprints matched those from the seatbelt. So as we no. mentioned, the smoking gun being the, the seatbelt fingerprint – um, realizing that he had little to no chance at winning at trial after faced with the evidence. On July 23rd, as part of a plea agreement, he, uh, he pleaded guilty to all four charges and confessed his crimes to detectives. Um, uh, his plea deal came as p- what was uh, supposed to be a, charge, a change of venue hearing. The courtroom was jammed with Smith's parents and other family members, friends, and reporters. The hearing was carried out live over, four, over all four of Kansas's television, Kansas City's television network affiliates. Um, it's believed that Hall spotted Smith driving. So he he described the killing to the investigators and said that he had spotted her driving to the Target parking lot as uh, after he had arrived, he noticed that she was alone and thus began following her in the store to assure that she uh, was not meeting anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, when he saw her about to leave, he went to his truck, retrieved his gun. He waited until she was most vulnerable when she was getting ready to leave. That's That is kind of like the moment, right, that I think – uh, women especially need to be aware of. I'm sure they already are. Most most of you guys, but right. when you're loading up stuff in the parking lot, that seems like where most attacks happen. You know what I mean? It is. It's you, when you're, you're especially you're vulnerable. If you're, alone. you're distracted. Yeah. Yeah. If you're alone, when you're loading up groceries or you know your items for Target or whatever, and your back's turned. Yeah. And, and you're totally vulnerable. Well, you know something else he said, and they mentioned it in the um, investi- investigation discovery doc. He talked about how. He picked her because when he first saw her, he thought she was twelve. That's right. that's bullshit. How does a twelve year old drive her drive to in. the store? Like what yeah. what does he gain? Like what I couldn't fathom is why did why say that? Why I think he liked the image of being evil, you know, hence the the Celtic shrine, the sticks in the shape of a pentagram. Maybe he wanted there to be more about him than there was. I don't know. I mean, you know you're going to prison and then you want to make a statement right. like that. 
I know, right? That's just, I, the, you know how you're treated in prison when you're a child molester. Yeah, you know? I, I just, this dude was just not bright. It does seem like a stupid thing to dumb. say, for sure. Yeah. I, like you said, I think he's just trying to give off this appearance of being this evil, sadistic person. And th- right. that's just not who he really was. And he was just, just yep. not smart, easily manipulated, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, he told investigators that he took her 20 miles away to the Missouri woods where he sexually assaulted and strangled her, which, you know, coupled with the evidence made sense. The hearing came a day after the judge ruled that prosecutors could seek the death penalty for Hall after a judge had denied a defense motion seeking dismissal of the case on a technicality. And on September 16th, Hall would be sentenced to life in prison without parole for the kidnapping, rape, and murder. In court, he ended up apologizing to the Smith's family for his actions. And he's currently in, uh, incarcerated at Hutchinson, Kansas Correctional Facility. But uh, the good thing that came out of this, we talked about with the phone records, is the Kelsey Smith Act. Yes. Named after the victim in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still pushing as her parents are. Yeah, they're, and it, it needs to be enacted in all 50 states, I think. It really and does. It's a good thing. It does. Um, some believe that Verizon Wireless was reluctant to locate or ping the cell phone because of privacy laws governing such actions. At the time, cell phone services providers would generally comply upon the request of the subscriber, but not for anyone else including that of law enforcement authorities, unless the court order was issued, which takes time. I get it. Like you said, on both sides, I kind of understand the privacy part, you know, because like, it's a slippery slope once you allow law enforcement to use these. That's right. Like There needs to be very hard lines on when it can be used. It can't just be like they call up at any time and they can get access to where you're, where you're at, you know what I mean? Right. And if you, and that sucks. If they caught you with a joint a week ago and they want to track where you are or whatever, you know, like uh, that, that. Right. That, but, exactly. They, it, well, the law says that they have to be in danger or at least in mm-hmm. uh, implied danger of some mm-hmm. sort. Like it, like that case, like where her pocketbook yeah. is still there, her wallet's still there. It's like, okay, they came for her. Like this is obvious. Yeah. But yeah. So the law, the creation of the Kelsey Smith act, uh, is a law that in states in, it states in essence that cell phone companies can ping a phone if authorities determine that the subscriber is in danger. That's the key right there. Yep. If they are in active danger, most U.S. states have passed the law, and the Congress is debating federalizing it. Um, in at least one instance, the law was acted upon in February 2015 in Kansas, as well in Lenexa, Kansas, not far from where Smith had grown up. A man stole a car, unaware of a five-month-old infant inside. While in flight, he also ran down a pedestrian in a hit-and-run. The police found the car a half hour later at a convenience store after having pinged the baby's mother's cell phone, which was still in the purse in the front seat. The driver escaped, and as of 2015, was still at large. It's believed that once he realized there was a baby inside, he decided to ditch the car. But this uh, Kelsey Smith Act helped to locate that car right away and save the baby from, you know, who knows what could have happened. That's that's awesome. But, but so does like, yeah. uh, but I think a lot of car companies help that too. Like with, with stolen cars, you know, I mean, you have, you have you've had on we've had OnStar for how long now? You know what I mean? And like GM vehicles, and most companies have the ability to track your car. Most cars come with navigation or the ability to have navigation now. I think exactly. You know, of some sort, but it but it's way better to track a cell phone because people are most most likely not going to be without their cell phone. But I think that law, exactly. I think that law will be federalized before too much longer. I mean, it just makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and it's, I believe it's in twenty six states now. Um, you we can burn through them. 
Kansas, New Jersey, Nebraska, Minnesota, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Tennessee, Hawaii, Missouri, Utah, West Virginia, Colorado, Nevada. Hey. In 2013, got in on it early on. Uh, Rhode Island, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Arkansas, Iowa, Washington, Louisiana, Delaware, Indiana, Virginia, Alabama, Kentucky. And there was one other state that had just joined actually in March of this year. I forget, but was the 26th state to join in Damn. on the party and uh, get in on this very important act, I believe. North Carolina said, you ain't tracking my phone, boy. <laughs> damn, that's my business. We don't... <laughs> right. Who I abduct is none of your damn that's business. That's right. <laughs> damn, know too much uh, about me already. It's got damn Google on here. It comes on every time I say something. Yeah. I know. Sorry, I'm sorry. Right. I got so many grandparents to mock. It's just too easy. <laughs> um Right. But, you know, you know what they could do? They could just track your scent if you were wearing Oh My Gaia. Just get some scent dogs and just give them your Oh My my Gaia Gaia deodorant if you have it. And then they'll find you in no time, man. Those bloodhounds can't beat those guys. That's all you got to do. It's quicker than pinging cell phones and shit, man. That's too, takes too much time. That's right. Get the bloodhounds on the Oh My Gaia scent. Exactly. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, shit. What if I go lost and I don't have Oh My Gaia? Well, that's okay because we're here to help you. We're true crime guys. Exactly. You save what, 10%, right? You save 15%, man. 15%? 15% off. Wait a minute. Let's explain what Oh My Guy is, Lauren. I think you're getting way ahead of ourselves <laughs> here. I don't think people have heard this ad before. Oh My Guy is an right. innovative, all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural paraben and aluminum-free organic ingredients in all of their products. The aluminum-free, that's that's real key right there. Paraben's bad, too. Paraben and aluminum. But uh, none of that in these. And, guys, there's tons of scents to choose from. There's definitely something that will uh, tickle your fancy, I promise you. There's vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, uh, lumberjack, honeysuckle, all kinds of stuff, guys. And we have our very own scent called True Crime Pine. It's got our old-school podcast logo on it. It's dope. I love it. I keep at least one jar on the dresser all the time. And guys, you can get it's a, it's a must for all of your medicine cabinets. You got to have a jar of of uh, it is true crime pine if you if you really love us. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Are you even really a creeper? You know. Yeah. So, you must walk around smelling of our essence. That's right. <laughs> get, get with it. <laughs> it's not creepy. It's not creepy at all. <laughs> but uh, speaking of creeper, uh, you can use the word creeper for fifteen percent off your order. At shop underscore oh my Gaia on Instagram or ohmygaia.com. That's O H M Y G A I A dot com. Do it, guys. You will be That's glad right. you did. That's right. I want to thank these people for going and taking the time to write uh, and rate our show on iTunes in the past week since we did our episode. Miss Hollywood uh, in the US said, Thank you. I work 12, 12 hour shifts and love your podcast, love your personalities and how you present your podcast. Thank, thank you very you. much, Miss Hollywood. Uh, Miss Lib43 in the US said, Thanks for this podcast. I've been listening since the beginning. By far one of my favorites. That's awesome. Ooh, you really stuck with it, huh? You're a trooper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and lastly, Megatron1234844. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, said we're the real deal gave us a five star review said this podcast is it mostly because the people speaking about the killers don't sound like actual killers we're not monotone right so we do appreciate that well we're running a long con with that sort of thing I mean that's right. exactly what we're going for yeah although we did just say that we want you guys walking around smelling like our essence which is kind of creepy oh, that's such a thing a serial killer would say 
Right. <laughs> Maybe we'll cut that out. No. No. Leave it. Okay. We'll they got to know what they're dealing with. That's here. right. They should know by now. Right. All right. So guys, follow us on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, and at Facebook. <laughs> and at Facebook, <laughs> at True Crime Guys, <laughs> on all the... You guys know how to do you know, social media. Just search True Crime Guys. We're there on all the platforms. Also, patreon.com slash true crime guys if you want to get a ton of extra episodes that may never be released to the free lotus ever. Maybe. Who knows? And we're adding extra content. I'm probably going to call Lauren this week and bug him at work. Maybe give him some stupid trivia or something. Either way, we'll have fun and it'll be on Yeah, Patreon. there's all kinds of fun bonus stuff on there. For two bucks a month, you get, you get access to all of that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Higher thoughts, you know what? I want to. I haven't done this in a while, but I want to give some shout outs to people who have uh, also gone and donate donated for stickers. Yeah, let's not, do not that. Not the not the uh, the gold sticker donors on Patreon. There's five dollars that gets you a gold sticker, but you can also just donate for stickers. I think we still have the link. We do on our website, right? Yep, TrueCrimeGuys.com. Yeah, TrueCrimeGuys.com. If you go and donate a few bucks, I send you stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these people, I, I used to do this all the time, but these people, I want to say thanks to Dina in. Garfield Heights, Ohio. Nice. Donated a while ago. Let's see. We got we got uh, Brittany in Arkansas. Okay. AR is Arkansas, right? That's Bryant's right. Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. We got William in Illinois. Nice. Said, uh, love the show. Great work. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you, oh, William. It's Dana Fry. Oh, Dana Fry. Is, is how it's pronounced. So gotcha. that person specifically wanted a shout out for that with their full name. So there you go, Dana Fry. All right. And Leon Tyne in Temecula, California. Thank you guys for donating for stickers. If you want to do that, go find the link. We do have uh we have the Galaxy stickers available and the I'm a Creeper heart sticker. Oh yeah, the heart uh, with the I headphones. Think those are the two that we still have. Yeah, yeah. the heart with the headphones, with the knife classic design. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. From Christian G. Yep. Kristen G on uh Instagram. We really appreciate yeah. all her designs. Oh, and guys, For one sure. last thing. Go check out our new show called Strange yes. and Unexplained. It's available wherever you're listening right now. The first two episodes are out. So we'd really appreciate it if you guys go check out that show and review. And um, episodes will be released on Monday. And the new episode that we re- will be released this coming Monday, uh, Lauren will have a special spot in and maybe for the whole future. We'll see how it goes, you know? Hell yeah. Maybe we'll uh, we'll keep that spot warm for him, kind of speak his piece in the new episode, which uh, yeah, I'm super excited about. Yeah, no, it's a great show. Definitely check it out. It's Michael's baby, you know, and I think he's doing great work on that show as well. And I'm happy to have my small role in it as well. So hell yeah, thanks, bud. It is a True Crime Guys production. It is. TCG. Check it out. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's about it. We'll see you next week. Keep creeping. Yep. Keep creeping, guys. In the desert we like a mirage It's okay if you clicked on us Cause you thought we was true crime garage Now we ain't mad at you Sit down, let us talk at you I'm talking to the creeper army We out here making murder True crime guys In the desert we like a mirage It's okay if you clicked on us Cause you thought we was true crime garage Now we ain't mad at you Sit down, let us talk at you I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming. Yeah.